I would tell myself, betting on you is the right thing to do. Every time that I've almost quit, it's, it's usually been because the outside voices were getting too loud and I was starting to believe them instead of betting on, betting on myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, betting on me has, has helped me succeed every time. It's helped me through the tough situations. And I would tell myself that you're making the right choices, man. It's for me, my life has kind of always happened in this. Everything happens at the right time, right? And everything happens for a reason. And I've, I've had to like take these blind leaps of faith, but really they weren't blind. Welcome to Grid Talk, a podcast about real estate entrepreneurs, visionaries, and the stories behind the legacies they're creating. I'm your host, Rob Chavez. And on today's episode, I've got Henry Washington from Benville, Arkansas. Now, Henry is a rising star in the real estate investment space. In three short years, he's been able to amass 60 plus stores. Now, what makes that even more impressive is when you learn about where Henry came from, or or should I say, where his mindset was just three years ago and where it is today. In his own words, right, how I can instead of how I can't is what the difference maker was. So listen to Henry's story because there's a ton for you to learn from this interview. Welcome to Grid Talk. Super excited today because I've got Henry Washington from Northwest Arkansas with us talking real estate. I was sharing with Henry right before uh, we jumped on that my wife uh, and her family, um, they owned a house on Beaver Lake, right? Gorgeous place right by Eureka Springs. So you're a blessed guy, man. That's a beautiful country. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. I like it here. We've been here for probably been in the area for about nine years. And uh, I came, I came, I came thinking I'd be here for one year and here I am 10 years later. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And you're originally from Bakersfield, California, right? Did you move from Bakersfield? Uh, No. So I went from Bakersfield, California to Virginia where I went to school. And then after Mm. I graduated, I worked, I worked in the Virginia beach, Norfolk area for a few years and then moved to Arkansas. Did you go to Old Dominion? No, I went to Hampton University. So right, Hampton. City next door. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Very cool, Hampton. Hampton. I remember uh, when I was younger, I used to wrestle at the Hampton Roads uh, Coliseum there. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's yeah. cool. Long time ago. Long time ago. Right. Well, hey man, Henry. Excited to have you on here. Um, you, you're a rising star in the investment community. Um, you know, it's been three years, I guess, since you've been in this business and you've already got like 60 plus doors. So what I want to do is explore that story. I mean, how does somebody grow that, that quick, that fast? Right. And, you know, and to, and take me back, I want to say like, what got you started in real estate, real estate investing in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the story goes, um, so I, so we'll, we'll go back even before I got married. So, uh, when I moved to Arkansas, I was, I moved here to work for Walmart and I was doing, uh, they're headquartered here. And so I was doing mm-hmm. it software development, you know, uh, and, uh, so I was making a great, great salary, great job. It was just me and, uh, no financial education. So, um, I was also very good at spending all of those dollars that I made. And so, um, uh, even though I was making great money, I was paycheck to paycheck guy, and uh, I was okay with that. I just didn't know any better, mm-hmm. and it was only I only had me to look out for. And then, fast forward a couple of years, I got married, and I got married quick. So we we married exactly one year to the day we met, and so I went from kind of a single man mindset to have to go to a married man mindset mm-hmm. uh, fairly quickly, and. Um, uh, and so now there was more people to look out for. Right. And, uh, I quickly realized that my lack of financial education was, uh, costing me in my relationship mm-hmm. because when we got married, we wanted to buy a house together. And when we tried to buy that house, the bank basically told me that if we were going to get this house, that I couldn't be on the loan, my credit was too bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
they would be able to like consider my income so that we could afford the house, but they wouldn't allow my name to be on the loan or else our interest rate would have been crazier. They wouldn't have let us buy the house in general. And that's kind of a, that was like the first big blow, right? As it, as you know, as a man who wants to be a provider and take care of a family, you can't even help buy your, your first home. And so that, that was, that, that seed was kind of planted then. And then, um, you know, as time goes on, my wife and I start having conversations about, you know, what's our dream home going to look like and how many kids are we going to have? And, and, uh, you know, all the things that, uh, new couples talk about. Right. And I quickly was realizing that like, I couldn't afford to give her any of those things that she wanted. I couldn't afford to provide us with a life that I felt like she deserved. And I knew I had to make a change. And so, um, the night we were talking about that stuff, I, I went to bed and I literally woke up like two, three in the morning in a cold sweat, having a panic attack because it, it was just the weight of knowing that I, I, didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. Like, I didn't want to have to go to where and tell her, here's another thing I can't do for you. And so mm-hmm. um, I did what any normal person does when you have a panic attack at three in the morning about not having enough money. I started Googling, how do I make more money? (laughs) I was was Googling, like, what are ways, like, what's passive income? And how do I make Mm -hmm. passive income? And what's, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some good side hustles? And I just kept seeing articles and um, videos on real estate investing and landlording and owning rental property. And um, uh, and so... (laughs) I remember, I remember exactly what I stumbled across, but I stumbled across a, a, a TED talk, a TEDx talk. Um, and it was titled, uh, how to design your dream life through passive income. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> right. Right. So mm-hmm. let's click on that. And so, uh, I watched that TED talk and it was essentially this 20 something kid who had 24, 25 doors or something like that. And he was financially free and he was just talking about that. And I just remember listening to it going, he can do that. Like I can, I can do that. Like I'll just do that. <laughs> mind, mind you, no credit, like credit was shot. I didn't have any money. I had a thousand dollars in my savings account. That's like the extent of the money that I had access to. Um, <laughs> but I was going to be a landlord. I was going to be a real estate investor. I was going to buy real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that that mindset came from my father who was a teacher his whole career, but he always had a side hustle like my whole life. He used to grow plants and then at home and then he'd pot them and sell them at the swap meet. And then mm-hmm. he he owned a he owned an arcade at the back when you had to go to a place to play oh, yeah. video games like oh, yeah. that. He owned he owned an times. arcade, right? Um, he owned vending machines. Mm-hmm. He owned a, and then for for most of my childhood, he owned a barbecue restaurant. And so he was always mm-hmm. like he was always a teacher and he did some other thing, and like. We never really had conversations about entrepreneurship growing up. Like he was never like, hey, you need to go to school, get a degree, go to college, but also you should do other things. Like he was just, he never talked to me about it. I just was there with him through it. And so I had that seed planted. And so I never thought that I would be an entrepreneur. But when the time came for me to make a decision to do something on the side, like I had these years of seeing somebody be successful with it. So I never thought it was something I couldn't do. I just was like, yeah, I'll do it. What's what's interesting about that, Henry, I'm wondering if, if also being the son of, of, of educators, right? Cause both your mom and your dad um, were, uh, were teachers, whether you learn the lesson that you could, there's everything you can learn, right? You can learn whatever you, you just kind of learn, right? You could, there's information's out there, whether it's at a library or on YouTube, like you could just follow um, sequential learning, which is one of the biggest things that I was, you know, would talk to my daughter about like the biggest gift you can learn is learn how to learn. Right. 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 Yeah, and absolutely, maybe just man. through os- osmosis, you might've just picked up on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my parents were obviously always big on education for us. And, uh, and, and I was always good in school like uh so never thought i couldn't learn it like those thoughts never entered my head like i just always had thoughts of like yeah i can do it i'll figure it out right and and little did i know at the time that that is the mindset you need as an entrepreneur like entrepreneurs have the mindset of 
how can I, right? Instead of I can't. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I kind of already had some of that mindset like embedded within me without, without knowing it. And so, I, you know, you know, I think everybody has a superpower on some level. And the fact that I had a background that, that provided me some of those, that provided me the kind of the confidence to avoid some of the pitfalls or hurdles that new investors might, might run into and, and, and stop them in their tracks was, was beneficial to me. Um, so yeah, I just decided I'm going to invest in real estate. It made me feel comfortable, panic attack over, and I went back to sleep. So <laughs> the, the next day, I um, I called up a friend of mine who uh, was a commercial real estate broker, and I said, hey, I'm going to invest in real estate. Uh, point me in the right direction. And she said, cool. And she gave me a box of books. And she said, pick one and read it. And I picked, you guess which one? That's right. Uh, yes. Recep that. That's that's exactly right. I picked up that's right. for dad yep. and I read it and it blew my mind. And I was like, so that was that book helped kind of connect the dots. So I knew I wanted to invest in real estate. And that book isn't a real estate investment book, but he you, he talks about how he's used it to build financial freedom. It's mm-hmm. more of a mindset and financial education book. And so that kind yeah. of connected those two dots for me. It made me go, OK, if you want to do this real estate investing, you've got to get your finances in order. And that's mm-hmm. uh, what helped me kind of start the process of changing my mindset about money, how it worked and how I spent it. Um, and so I kind of was making a shift in the in the mindset in the financial education part of my life. At the same time, I was educating myself on how to become a real estate investor. Got it. Dude, what, what a great book. I, I think about the number of careers that were launched in real estate <laughs> because of that book. I mean, that was one of the books that launched me, launched to friends. It's probably the book that when I ask people, which book influenced you the most? Yeah, it's it's that book. And like you said, it's a book about really a mindset and money, not so much about how to right? it's not a how to book, right? Right. It's a how to think book, right? Absolutely. It was, it was, it was powerful. It was eye opening. Um, but I think I think the I think one of the reasons people enjoy the book is because it provides you access to this like mind blowing, eye opening information at a level that almost anyone can grasp and start Everybody to apply yeah. instantly. Right? Yeah. It just it's 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 instant. Like I've made changes in my life as I was reading that book, and I think that that's that's kind of what makes people feel so powerful, kind of after they read it. What was the biggest change? I'm curious, like what were like, okay, you read the book and you were like, okay, this is what I need to do next, right? Yep, yep, so uh, pay yourself first. That was the lesson, Mm. the biggest lesson I learned out of that book um, because I wasn't a saver. I was always the person, I got all my bills paid, but I was usually coming up short right around the end of that and then I wouldn't have any money to save. So even if I was well-intentioned and wanted to save, I was paying myself last, so there was no money to save. Um, and just the, the flipping the switch of paying yourself first so that your brain turns on and figures out how to make more money when you need it, um, mm-hmm. was the very first thing we did. And so it was actually, it was actually the way I was able to kind of, uh, I don't want to say talk my wife into it because she was always on board, but kind of the way we approached it was, all right, so we're going to start investing in real estate. We're also going to start paying ourselves first. So every time I got paid, we would tie 10%. And then we would take 10% and pay ourselves first. So God got paid, then we got paid, and then we'd figure out the rest. And so what I told my wife was like, look, if we do this method and we're saving 10% of our income every month, if we never do a real estate deal in the next 12 months, look at how much money we will have saved. Like this is going to be a positive journey even if we don't do a deal because Mm -hmm. we're changing the way we treat money. And, um, that just got us both excited and all hyped up. And so as we started to save, what happens is like people think, okay, I start saving and I have to change my lifestyle because I have less money. Like that's doesn't really work like that. Like you figure it out. <laughs> like you kind of figure out mm-hmm. how to make things work. But the, 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 I don't know what it is with like the brain chemistry. When you start to see that account grow, you just want to keep adding to it. You just want to find ways to get more money in there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that there's uh, have you ever heard of Parkinson's law? Mm-mm, no. That, so Parkinson's law. Um, so that, you know, there's a book that came out. It's a good book. It's called 
profit first. And essentially, the the whole premise is pay yourself first, and and so you should be taking out your profit first, and then you'll figure out a way to make everything else work, right? So you take pay yourself first. Essentially, that, that's the concept, right? Right. Um, but there's this concept called Parkinson's law, and Parkinson's law essentially says you'll fill whatever the you know the gap is. Let's say time. Uh, let's say you have. You know, ten hours to do a task. You'll fill all those ten hours to do that one task. But if you give yourself two hours to do the task, right, you'll figure out how to do it in two hours. Well,、right. it works like that with money and a budget as well, right? If you set this like budget number, you figure out how to make it work, right? Right. It's like the, the he uses the 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 analogy of a toothpaste tube, right?、Yeah. In the beginning, you're just. You just plopping a lot of toothpaste on that toothpaste、uh, on your toothbrush, but towards the end, you're like,、Arr! you're like squeezing out every little bit, right? And you're and you're getting so much more out of, you know, your your time, your bank account, the toothpaste. It's all it's called Parkinson's law. So, it's it's pretty cool. It's like,、yeah. like you said, your mind figures out a way to make it work, right? Yep,、yeah, absolutely. So the first thing was you just kind of changed your relationship with money. Right,、mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I, I'm changing my relationship with money, and I'm paying myself first, and I'm going to figure out the rest afterwards. Right,、yep. very yep. so powerful. And I've I've always had a, I guess you could say I've never really had a, a problem with the the kind of ready fire aim. You know, jump off the cliff, figure it out as you go. You know, open build build the plane on the way down. And so like I was all in, and.、Uh, And so, kind of what that did, the the other mindset shift I made simultaneously was that, like, I just I'm a big believer in like in this world, you get what you give, right? Like,、mm-hmm. you receive what you put out, and I wanted people to know that I was a real estate investor, even though I hadn't、mm-hmm. bought a property, even though I had no idea how I was going to buy a property, I knew I was going to figure it out, and so like I just started telling people I was a real estate investor. So when I when people I would meet people or I would introduce myself as I'm. I'm Henry. I'm a real estate investor, and I work for Walmart. Right? Like, work for Walmart became the second part of who I am as far as far as how I introduced myself because I wanted people to see me as an investor first. And I feel like if the, if like if I don't believe I'm an investor, nobody else is going to believe it. So that's what I put out there.、Um, and uh, you know, uh, it, it's essentially what brought me my first deal、uh, was because I was just telling people I was a real estate investor. Um, and my buddy had heard that I was buying property, and he was in a, a tough situation with a property that he owned.、Um, mm-hmm. He he had a house that he used to live in, and then he moved out of to live on his church's campus, basically for free, so that he could save money because he was going to buy this big plot of land with a couple of different houses on it, and then use it. To live on and then house people from the church, like he's just he's really big into his, his church and and growing and expanding that. And so he had this plan to buy this plot of land, and he had to save for a year so that he could afford it. So he moved out of his house so he could live for free to save, and he let somebody he knew live in his old house and just cover the mortgage. And the idea was that guy was building his credit while he was living there so that he could buy the house, and then. My buddy could then go and buy, take that profits, and then go and buy this other land. And so, when it came time for my buddy to buy that land, the guy living in the house had not fixed his credit, and he was nowhere near ready to buy it. But my buddy was on a time, he was like he's on a time crunch, so he now had to sell this property, and he knew what he needed out of it. And so he came to me and he said, "Hey, I heard you're buying rental property," and he and I've been to his house, and he was like, "So I, I need to sell my house. You know what my house is like." I'd sell it to you for one hundred and fifteen thousand because that's exactly that would give me exactly what I need to go do what I got to do. So I don't care that it's worth more than that. I just need this. If you can give me this, it's yours. And and so it was worth one hundred and forty five at the time. And so I was、mm-hmm. like, I ran the numbers, everything worked, and I was like, okay, this is it, <laughs> right? I was like, I'll buy it. <laughs> and he was like, cool. So I Henry, were you、about. nervous? Were you nervous?、Oh, terrified. Terrified. <laughs> That's I, right. I, I had no money. I had a thousand dollars, and I had I was smart enough that when I decided to get my credit, that when I decided to, to, that I was going to be an investor and be smart about my money, I also went、uh, started working with a credit repair specialist, so my credit was was better. And so I I had 
fixed that problem, but I still hadn't fixed the problem about having no money. So uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll buy it, dude. I got it. Let's, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, so I put because it in the contract. Because a good entrepreneur is going to figure it out, right? That's right. That's the That's lesson right. I learned, too. Yeah. So I put it under contract. I didn't even know really what that meant. I literally Googled like how to put a house under contract <laughs> and I like downloaded a contract and I was like, yeah, just sign this. Like, so like I made all, the, I did all the things you shouldn't do, but yeah. like I was, I was determined. So, Action. Like, um, and, and so um, I put it under contract. He needed to close in 30 days. And I was like, cool, 30 days to come up with $19,000. Cause I needed, I needed about 20 grand to close on that house. And so I did all the things that most people would think to do. Like, what could I sell? Like, how much stuff could I sell to get me there? Not enough. Right? Like, <laughs> like I went through all the things in you my You don't have brain. that many bicycles, man. Right, right. Right? It's not right. that much of the group. Yeah. <laughs> I went through all the things in my brain that a normal person would think of when you need to make money fast. And I just, I, I wasn't coming up with it. And so I was networking with a buddy of mine who uh, is now a business partner, but then he was, he was just another investor that I was networking with. And, um, and I was like, yeah, man, I, I, I got to come up with the money and I just couldn't figure out a way. I just, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And so I called him up and I was like, Hey bud, like I can't find this money, but my buddy really needs out of this house. And so I still want to help him. So why don't you close on it? I know you have the means, you own other property, like you close on it. Like I don't need to make a dime, just buy this to help my friend. Cause I told him I would, and I feel bad. Mm-hmm. And, and my buddy, uh, the entrepreneur, he said it was, it was my, it was my lesson. Number one in entrepreneurship is exactly what you said. He told me, he said, Hey, he was like, Henry, look, I, I would love to buy this house. It's a great deal. He said, I will buy it if I have to. He was like, mm-hmm. but you need to figure it out. He was like, if you're going to mm-hmm. be an investor, if you're going to be successful, you've got to figure out a way to buy it, go figure it out. And like, that was the first time that like my brain went from like, cause most people think I I've thought of all the things I know to think of. I can't think of the way to do this. Therefore I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And that there, that's not where you stop as an entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. so we brainstormed. And as we were just throwing ideas back and forth, none of them were working. And he was like, well, do, you know, do you have a 401k? And I was like, I don't, but my wife does, but I don't want to take all that money out and pay those huge penalties. Like that, uh, that's going to put me in a worse place. And he was like, no, you can borrow against the 401k. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> and so, uh, and so uh, I, I talked to my, my beautiful, lovely, supportive, caring wife. And said, wife, I think I found a way for us to buy this property. <laughs> and I just need to borrow $19,000 from your 401k. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she said, yes. So, <laughs> so uh, it, it worked out well. So when you borrow from a 401k, you essentially um, you pay your money back to yourself because it's your money with interest but it comes out of your paycheck automatically from your employer and it comes out pre-tax dollars. So it reduces your taxable income as well. Mm-hmm. So it reduces your taxable income. You're paying yourself back with interest. And so we took the, and we got access to the money in like a week. So we took the money, we bought the property. I raised the rent on the tenant living there and immediately started cash flowing. And the cash flow we were making basically covered the 401k loan payment back. And so like, mm-hmm. that was my like light bulb moment. That's when mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap. I just, I went from a panic attack idea to like turning basically monopoly money into real money every month. Revolutionary, right? Because you, you, you put a 30 grand in equity, you know, like you created 30, $40,000 in equity. Yep. You, you, you got somebody else paying this off. Right. You were able to raise the capital. Right. What everybody understands, like the game, just it's the same game. It's just different zeros. Right. right. Like you start looking at like, hey, this, when this game is played at this highest level with 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 hedge funds and all the rest, it's it's it's, it's the same game. Right. It's just but the most important piece is this mindset, like figuring out how to get it done and 
putting the deal together, right? Talking to a motivated seller and trying to figure out how to raise the capital when you don't have it. Uh, dude, I love that story. That's a great story, right? Yeah, man. Do you still yeah. own that house today? I don't. I sold it maybe less than a year ago. Do you regret so, selling it? No, no. I, I don't because... Um, what? I was going to say you will. So, <laughs> right, right. You're early so, in your career. You will. You will. No, but so, maybe not. So what know. happened... What happened was uh, exactly like you said, because I had the equity, I immediately tapped into that equity via a line of credit. And so mm -hmm. I took out a line of credit that gave me access to 80% of that those funds. And then I was able to take those funds and then I would buy properties that I would flip or rent and refinance out of. And so I was recycling that same 20, 30 grand over and over again and i leveraged that to to build part of my portfolio mm -hmm. and so like that one deal even though the cash flow i was making was essentially just paying back a 401k loan mm -hmm. so it wasn't like paying me big money every month but it got me in the game it got me access to capital and allowed me to build my portfolio and, yeah. and so i i used i leveraged that as much as i could and then um I ended up I ended up selling it because I, I took that funds and I bought a 12 unit. Awesome. Did you ten thirty one it? No, I didn't. I didn't okay. do the ten thirty one. I I thought about it, it just the, the timing didn't work, but I knew okay. the capital to buy the ten unit. Sure. Sure, sure. Okay, so fast forward to today. How have you been able to accumulate sixty some odd doors um in three years? And are they, you know, it sounds like the, they're probably multis, I would imagine. But do you have some single family houses in that mix too? Yep. 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 So my largest property is the 12 unit I mentioned. And then I've got uh, an eight unit. I've got a five unit. I've got a fourplex and several duplexes and then some singles. Got it. Uh, it's kind of the makeup of the, of the portfolio. And okay. so, um, so several things happened. That, that kind of helped me grow. So I talked about leveraging the equity in that first home. So we did that. At the same time, um, my next deal ended up being a flip. And uh, I don't know how many investors you talked to, but uh, about their flips. But like, I kind of had that, like, your first flip is your kind of best flip <laughs> scenario. And okay. so like, I expected every flip after that to be mm -hmm. as great as that first one. And it never quite worked out like that. So I had a really, really great flip uh, as my first flip, which happened not, it was kind of kind of staggered that first rental deal. Um, and so I ended up with access to, like I said, that line of credit plus the funds from that first flip. And so I had a lot of capital to play with. And then that same uh, guy who kind of gave me the lesson in entrepreneurship became a business partner and we kind of combined efforts as far as marketing went. And so we started sending a lot, I sent a lot of direct mail with him. And so we acquired about 25 doors together. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really a lot of my first rentals. A lot of the first deals that I did uh, that were buy and holds were in that partnership. And so I'm mm -hmm. about 50, 50 on 25 doors. And then the rest of the doors are mine. Um, and so I started to build my portfolio on my own kind of after he and I worked together to build those first 25, but those first 25 doors came quick, man, quick because of the yep. marketing and then splitting the efforts between two people. Like in business, one plus one doesn't equal two. It was like mm -hmm. one plus one equals eight. Like yeah. I could do what I was doing on my own. Once I added him, we could, we did four to five times more um, yeah. with two people working. Yeah, for sure. So where, where, uh, you know, it sounds like you, you you've you've done your buying, you're doing buy and holds, which is awesome, right? Yep. You've had your taste of fix and flips that can go good, that can go bad, right? That can go up or down. People don't, don't realize you could lose money on those too, right? Yes, yeah. But what's your what's what's your model? Can you define? Hey, Rob, this is what you know because you're still early, like three years in, you're still early. Your model will continuously evolve over time. But right now, mm -hmm. you probably have a good idea of, hey, this is what I want to do over the next five years, right? Absolutely. How, how would you define that? Yep. So I learned early on, um, very early on, that most people think that most investors 
think their biggest problem is finding deals. And so I said, okay, if I can get really good at that, I won't ever have to worry about money again. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I built my business around generating my own leads and my own deals. And so uh, I would say my business, my strategy in my business is simply finding great deals. Because mm-hmm. if I find great deals, I can cherry pick the ones that I want to keep the best. And then I can sell the rest so that I can always generate capital to keep mm-hmm. buying more rentals. And mm-hmm. so my business is focused more on finding deals than it is on finding rentals. Does that make sense? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. You could decide which ones you're going to keep. You, you've right. got this you combination of active income from fixing right. and flipping or wholesaling. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you're going to cherry pick the rentals that you want to keep for long-term sure. wealth building. That's it. Totally that's makes it. sense. Okay. So that's what I've been doing. That's what I continue to do. My my marketing strategies evolve with whatever the mm-hmm. you know the market changes and people respond sure. to things differently during different time market cycles. And so we'll change up some marketing here and there. But essentially my business is marketing to find off market deals. I buy everything. I don't wholesale. Like I close okay. on everything. Okay. And if I'm but I don't rehab everything. So instead mm-hmm. of wholesaling it, I'll just close on it and then I'll sell it to an investor as it sits. Sure. Um, cost me a little more money because you have to actually put the money up to close on it. Yeah. But wholesaling's getting gray in some cities or areas. Yeah. And, and I just I just want my business to, like I don't want people to ever associate me or my business with something that could be seen as illegal or not on the up and up. Like mm-hmm. I just would avoid all that. I've got the means. I've got the ability. I close on everything and then I'll just sell it. So awesome. it costs me a little more money. I'm good with that. Awesome. And so what would you say your top two or three currently marketing sources are to find great deals in your market? Right. Every market's going to be different. Anybody mm-hmm. listening to this, every market's different. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious as to in the game that you're playing right now. Direct mail. Direct mail. Direct, direct mail is my, my main source of deals. It's always been my main source of deals. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I'm and sure it's a really, I'm sure it's a really complicated postcard too, right? Or yeah, letter. Super complicated. <laughs> super complicated, right? Here's a big yeah. secret, people. Like, what is it? What does it say? I'll tell you the whole, I'll give you every word on it. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Henry. I'd like to buy your house at 123 Main Street. I'll pay your closing costs. You don't have to make any repairs. I'll buy it as is. Call or text me at this phone number or check out my website at this website. And then at the very bottom underneath that, it says, I found your information through county records. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it, right? And how many of those are you sending out? Um, it, it, it really, it truly varies now. So I had, I had gotten to, at the, at the tippy top of my marketing, we were doing maybe eight to 9,000 pieces of mail a month, I'd say I'm probably closer to like between one and two a month now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've kind of found, you found your sweet spot of where, where you want to kind of play yeah. between maybe lifestyle, the types of deals you want to take down. So when stuff. I was doing, when I was doing, you know, six to 8,000 a month, that's when me and my partner were like, we were all Got in mm-hmm. and we were on it. And, uh, and so now it's more just me and, I think a lot of the so there's two problems when with, when people market either they don't they don't send enough mail, and they don't send it consistently, and so they say oh direct mail doesn't work, mm-hmm. or they send plenty of mail, but don't have the time or means to make sure that they're answering the phone, viewing the properties, and making the offers to secure the deals, mm-hmm. and so you've got to find that sweet spot of how much is enough mail that I'm going to make sure that I do everything I need to do to maximize every lead that I get. Yeah. Yeah. That you're going to be responsive. Yeah. Okay. Um, and is your wife active in the business too? Uh, not, not yet, but about, about to be a whole lot more active. Okay. Okay. What does yeah. she currently do? She is an in, uh, internal audit for a local bank. Oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah. it's, it's good to have somebody that's auditing numbers. Right, absolutely. <laughs> she can keep you straight. Okay. So um, I'm just curious, right? Because the life of a real estate entrepreneur, 
Um, and maybe it has been all roses for you. I mean, you've you've been only in a good market, Henry, right? Like markets yeah. do get bad, right? But yeah. but I find that anybody that's taking risks or going out there and doing stuff, right? You you learn some sometimes you just get punched in the face, right? You got a plan, you get punched mm-hmm. in the face. Has that yeah. happened to you yet? Or have you been like, no, nah, man, I'm 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 good. We've been everything's been perfect. Currently getting punched in the face. Okay. Okay. <laughs> as we as okay. we speak. Um, and so, for the most part, um, have I lost money? Technically, no. Um, I had a deal that got pretty close, but I ended up, you know, making a couple grand. But I had the house for like five months, and it was a big headache. So, was it worth it? No, absolutely not. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, and so the deals that are the deals that are kicking my butt right now are the twelve unit that I talked about and the eight unit that I own. Both I bought. So one I bought January 1, 2020. And then we all know what happened in March 2020, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I underestimated my rehab substantially um, Mm -hmm. on the front side. Uh, uh, You don't know what you don't know. Uh, We started opening up the walls. We found all kinds of stuff that's costed me a ton of money. And then that ton of money has increased even more with the increased cost of materials right now. And Mm so, I mean, I budgeted a hundred grand to renovate that that eight unit and I've blown through that and I probably have another 80 to go. So, um, you know, I've been there, brother. I know, I know. So, and it's been sitting vacant for, what has it been now? Uh, It's still vacant. I bought it in January 1, 2020. Here we are in, uh, May, 2021. Um, I'm still working on, I just, just buttoned up the first unit that's rentable right now. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then we're buttoning up some of the exterior work. So I'm finally going to start to be able to put some bodies in there. And so technically I haven't lost money cause I haven't sold it. Yeah. I ain't made, I ain't made none either. <laughs> right? you see, like, you're seeing that just money flow out, right? It's yes. just flowing out. It's, 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 it's just, I get it. But you know, think about, you know, just for anybody listening right now, the growth Right. The growth from from just a mindset perspective. Right. You like just three years ago, you were like, how am I going to like make enough money just to do, do this like nineteen thousand dollar deal? Right. right. Yeah. And uh, and that seemed like a huge, you know, huge yeah. thing to try to like to, to, to make happen. And then today you've had this property, not, not that anybody wants this, but you've had this property right. vacant for over a year, right? And you're putting, yeah. and you're like, you're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what is it, right? Now, yeah. you know, and by the way, that is part of the journey, right? right. Because as you as you start moving forward in this, in this business, in this career, you start pushing your limits, and then you learn, hey, you learn something, it's gonna break. You know, you go back to the Ray Dalio principles and like you're gonna figure out what broke, what didn't work, and then you're gonna do it better next time and you're gonna scale up. And it's just, just like right. constantly moving forward, right? People call it failing forward, right? Yes. It's the only yeah. way that this works, right? What you hope to do is survive your mistakes, right? You always kind of like, you know, say, hey, if everything goes, you know, horribly. Right. No, yep. nobody really accounted for a pandemic. Uh, so that was a whole nother level. Right. Um, but, you know, if everything goes bad, like what can I survive this thing? Yep. Right. And Absolutely. it's the difference between speculators and investors. Sometimes they're just people speculating. And if they lose, they're, they're done. Right. They've gone all in on a project. And and if they lose, they're done. So, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. It, yeah the, the mindset shift in that is amazing. And like, and I, you know, I tell people this is the beauty. It's the beauty of real estate and the beauty of long-term buy and hold, mm-hmm. right? And so, yes, that property is costing me every month. I got to pay the mortgage, every month I got to pay the utilities, and now I'm paying even more in rehab. And the bank only gave me a hundred grand, so the other eighty that comes from me. Like that doesn't sure. come from anywhere else, right? Yeah. And so that's a lot of money, but yeah. this property, once it's done, will there'll be a thousand dollars of rent per door. Right. Um, and so it's going to cash flow beautifully. And the goal is for me, that's going to, I'm going to hold that forever. 
And, and so, yeah, it's costing me money on the front end, but at some point I'll hit break even. And then at some point it'll be paying me every month. And even, and then once I get bodies in there paying rent every month, it's going to just feel a ton better. Like sure. I won't have to be, I won't, I won't have to be supporting this thing with my own dollar anymore. Um, so that's going to be great. But in the meantime, all the while, even though I'm paying all these extra, you know, mortgage payments and, and things, I wasn't planning on it. We've also, not only do we have a pandemic, but we've also had this real estate kind of boom as far as, yeah. as far as, as far as values go. And so I've got a property across the street that comps equally with mine that just sold at 125,000 a door. And mm. so if you look at, if you apply that to my property, I, I paid 500,000 for mine. I had a hundred thousand rehab budget. So I'm all in at six plus the 80, right? Six eighties is probably where I'll end up all in that property at 125 a door that puts my property valued at a million dollars. So I've, I've got all this, you know, I've, I've got this equity and net worth that has provided me in the meantime, that's far exceeds the money I've had to pay into it. And so real estate is amazing, man. It's just amazing. What, you know, knowing what you know now, right. Three years in, what would you tell your, your, not that it's a long time ago, right. But what would you tell your younger self, right. Any advice? That's a great question. Anything yeah, you tell yourself? Uh, that's a great question. I would tell myself. So there was there was there was there was one moment when I almost quit, uh, and if it wasn't for my wife, I probably would have. Um, I, I would tell myself, um, betting on betting on you is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. uh, every time that I've almost quit, it's it's usually been because. Uh, the outside voices were getting too loud and I was starting to believe them instead of betting on betting on myself mm-hmm. and uh, betting on me has, has helped me succeed every time. It's helped me through the tough situations. Um, and I would tell myself that um, uh, <sighs> you know, it, you're, you're making the right choices, man. I, it, it's for me, my life has kind of always happened in this, in this, everything happens at the right time. Right. And everything happens for a reason. And I've, I've had to like take these blind leaps of faith, but really they weren't blind. Right. Mm-hmm. They were, they were, it was me listening to that, that, that inner voice, right. Me listening mm-hmm. to, to God telling me like, this is where I want you to go. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it any easier to jump off the cliff sometimes. No, man, it's hard. Um, it's, it's tough, but man, it takes courage. I just, I just want to tell myself that like, you bet every time you bet on you, you're going to be good. And to listen to, to listen to that, that little voice, man, that's telling you what to do. Cause every time I've listened to that voice and whether that voice has told me to buy something or not buy something, I've been glad that I did or did. So listen, listen to that little voice. man. Dude, I, I, I love, I love that. Right. Because it's like, you're taking full responsibility for everything, the good, the bad, right. When you bet on yourself, it's like, Hey, that's the, that's, that's, that's the one thing you control, right. Yeah. It's, it's what you do. It's what you believe. It's how you act. Yeah. Um, they all succeed. I can live with it. If I bet on me. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, um, Tell me a little bit about, is it like independent, I think your business is called Independent Realty. Is that right? Independent, Independence Realty Group, yes. Independence Realty Group, right? And, and you're only doing investments or do you also have an agent arm to your business? No, no agents, only investments. No agent arm, just all pure investment stuff. Yes, sir. Okay. And um, um, the long-term plan is to continue buying more buy and holds, right? Yep. Do you have like a, do you have well, a, a number yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do. And I don't. Right. Um, again, uh, uh, I, you know, I've made it no, no secret. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer in God. And I feel like, uh, when I get to the point where I've hit my number, I'll know. So, mm-hmm. so no, I don't have a specific number, but I have a, a I have a rough number. So my general plan is I'm at 65 doors right now. So when I hit a hundred doors, my plan is to take a look at my portfolio and see if it will make sense for me to sell about half my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And the goal would be to sell half because I've used the leverage to get to where I am today. Mm-hmm. And so if it, if it makes sense for me to sell half 
take the cash from the selling half and to pay the other half off completely so that I've got 50 free and clear versus 100 leveraged. Your cash flow on 50 free and clear should be greater than your 100 leveraged, right? Because you've got no more notes and your cash flow just goes up exponentially. But then you're recession proof too, right? Because if the market tanks, I don't owe anybody. If I need to lower rent, I lower rent. If I need to, you know, I just, I wouldn't have to worry about anything anything anything, right it's like you just make everything like you're so strong i love that man it's like you're so strong nobody can shake that right nobody could take it away and you know what um i gotta say that's really wise because because you've only been in three years i'm gonna say it's really wise because that's spoken like a veteran who's gone through a crisis and has been like listen man more isn't better scaling isn't better right? What I want is a strong house, strong yep. foundation, right? Yep. With really strong cornerstones to, to, to you know, to yep. nobody, just unshakable. And normally I find that in somebody that's kind of like bad, like, you know, gone the battle and realized, oh, wait a <laughs> second. It's not just one trajectory up, right? It, yep. it can change, right? So that's cool. That's cool. I appreciate. Well, it. who's pouring into you? Do you have it? I see that you pour into people. I went online. I saw that you've got some training and some courses, and we're going to make sure that we link to all that stuff below. I think yep. uh, it's awesome. We always want to empower the real estate entrepreneur and keep giving forward, right? Yep. Um, but who's pouring into you right now? Do you have any mentors, coaches, like things you're reading, books? Yeah. Um, so. Uh... Yeah, you know, it, it sounds bad. Not a, not a ton, right? And, uh, I, I'm, I'm a part of, I'm recently joined a mastermind group um, that's that's kind of helped me put some uh, uh, kind of guardrails and helped me kind of put some, some you know, formulas around my coaching sure. programs and kind of uh, helped me figure out. Cause my coaching programs were never, like I never started selling courses uh, as a means to make money. I didn't plan on it being a business or an additional stream of income. Like I did it because, um, yeah, it's what you wanted, information. It, you, well, you wanted, that's something that you would have found valuable when you were yeah, starting. Right. Absolutely. Because what happens and, is uh, a lot, a lot of times we're connecting the dots on our own. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so kind of like I put the courses out there, super low ticket, um, I really just wanted a place to point people to say, hey, like, if you want this information, start here. And then if you have questions, then come to me, um, because I was really answering the same questions over and over again. And so, like, I didn't want people to have this high barrier to entry uh, on the price of courses. And so I just said, you know, 25 bucks, go take a course for 25 bucks. You'll get like two to three hours of instruction on the same question you're asking me about on a consultation call for 30 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's way more information over here. Go do that. And then if you have more questions, come back to me. I'm glad, I'll be glad to help you. And that like those courses kind of took off because my social media took off. Mm-hmm. And so we were, you know, I went from, from, you know, maybe a thousand bucks a month on course sales to like 10 to 15,000. And so like it became this business that I wasn't planning on having, and, which is a great thing. Like, because now I've realized that like, People want access to the information. People are willing to pay to get access to the information, but there's a gap, right? The gap is there's a percentage of those people that want more from me that I don't have something for them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing them a disservice by not having it and doing myself a disservice by not having it. And um, if I provide that for people that want it, then A, it helps it helps my business and it helps them because it's not like they're just not going to go spend the money for that information. They're just going to go get it somewhere else. So I need to provide them with that information. Um, And so we're kind of building that out. And then I've been coaching people on investing in real estate since I got started. And I've got tons of people that I've helped buy all kinds of property. And so it only makes sense to kind of like put some, to to formulate a plan and then Mm -hmm. like do that at some scale to help the people that want help on that level as well. And so that's kind of how we've built those things out. Dude, that's awesome, Henry. Good for you. Good for you. Well, what question have I not asked you that you feel is important for our grid community to to either know about real estate investing or to know about you? Yeah. Um, uh, 
I'll kind of, I guess I'll talk to the answer. I don't really know what the question is. Um, but I want people to know that real estate investing is a people business more than it's a real estate business, right? Mm -hmm. We are in the business of helping people and solving problems. If you're not helping someone and you're not solving a problem, they don't need you. And so I, I want people to know that if you take your focus off of like, how do I make money? How do I find deals and put your focus into how do I be of service and how do I be of value to people? The success will come. You don't have to focus so much on the, 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 how do I make money portion, right? If you like, we've built our entire business around helping people. And that's how I've been successful. I don't know how many houses I've walked into and walked out of there figuring out how I can help someone more so than how I can buy their home mm -hmm. and how that's benefited me. We've, we've gone into houses and I've, I've bought appliances for people who needed appliances, right? Did I buy their home? No, I didn't buy their home, but that's mm -hmm. okay. I helped someone who needed help. Right. Mm -hmm. I've walked into homes and um, we've I've paid people's mortgage payments and utilities for another mm -hmm. couple of months. Mm -hmm. Right. They uh, I've been offered to buy the home and said, no, I don't I don't I don't want to buy your home. I want to pay your mortgage for a month because what you need is time. And I'll give you mm -hmm. the time you need to go figure out what it is that you need to do by paying your bills for another month, because that was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Did those things cost me money? Absolutely. And I didn't buy those homes, but for me, that's okay because we helped someone. And if I'm doing that, if my mission is to continue to help people, the deals will come to me. Like they'll, they'll flow to me when they're supposed to and how they're supposed to, and we'll monetize those deals. But so just keep helping people on the forefront of your business and success will come. You'll, you'll have more abundance than you ever can imagine. Henry, I love that. It's a perfect place to end. Thank you, brother, for sharing some time with us today. I feel it. And uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, what's the what's the best place to find you? Yeah, Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram at the Henry Washington. You can send me a direct message there. Um, I, tr I try to answer as many of those as I can. You can, uh, and that's I would say that's the that's the best place to reach me. Um, Instagram will also, if you click the link in my bio on Instagram, it'll take you to where you can buy my courses. It'll take you to where you can sign up for my coaching program. I've got a free book. You can sign up and get a copy of my book there. So Instagram is the best place. Yeah. Awesome, man. Okay, Henry, we'll make it a great day, brother. You take care. You, I appreciate Bye -bye. everything.